Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to Bike Radar's Road Bike Tech Talk podcast. You may have already heard some Mountain Bike Tech Talk podcasts. If you did, this is going to be very similar, except we're not talking about mountain bikes. We're talking about road bikes, and we're going to take a deep dive into road bike tech to- technology. Not technology, that's not a thing, I don't think. I'm Rob Spelling, I'm uh, from Bike Radar, and I am joined today by Warren Rossiter. He is the senior technical editor for road cycling. Uh, he works across Bike Radar and he also works across Cycling Plus. He uh, spends a lot of time riding road bikes, he knows a lot about road bikes. He's a bit of a geek, so he's perfectly placed to talk to us today about a subject that I think a lot of people have questions about when they are buying new bikes in particular. What's more important when you buy a bike? Is it buying an aero bike, an aerodynamic bike, or is it better buying a light bike? And once you've got the bike, is it important to make yourself and your bike and um, you know, you're riding uh, more aerodynamic, or is it just better to lose weight off yourself, lose weight off your wheels, lose weight off your saddles, lose weight off your everything? So, aero versus weight. Where do we start with this? It's a really tricky one, and I don't know necessarily if it's an either or. You know, everybody can make small improvements. You know, you can get fitter, you can lose weight, you can wear a jacket that doesn't flap around in the wind. There's lots and lots of small changes you can make that will actually give you benefits. But if you want to talk about the, the bike in itself, you know, the one of the biggest questions I'm always asked by people is like, oh, do I buy this like super, super light bike or do I get this aero bike? Is the aero bike going to make me faster? Is the, you know, is the light bike going to make everything easier? And when you actually sort of talk to a, to a lot of the, the big brands, a lot of the, you know, design teams out there, there's not quite as much research done as you would have imagined, you know, because they they all seem to get singularly channeled into let's make the the most aerodynamic bike the slipperiest bike out there, or or let's make the lightest frame we can, and then you know the benefits will just reap from themselves. In fact, only one of the real most compelling studies that I've seen in in recent times was one done by 
Nathan Barry, who heads up like aerodynamics at, at Callendale. And this was all around the launch of the System 6, which was about 18 months, two years ago. Um, and the System 6 was Callendale's kind of first attempt at, at an aero road bike. So they were playing a lot of catch up against all the, you know, the big players in the market, Trek and the Madone. Cervelo and you know their S series bikes, etc. And and with the System Six, they they did sort of go right back to to the the core kind of benefits that they were looking for because Cannondale has always been one of those purveyors of making super light bikes. You yeah. Know. The the Super Six Evo was kind of groundbreaking in low weight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and that's that's a mantra they continue with to, to, to today. Now Nathan is one of the only kind of engineers that I've met in the bike industry. Who's an aerodynamicist? So there are lots of aerodynamicists working in cycling, mm-hmm. but there are very few whose degree studies and PhD studies were all in bikes. He didn't come from aeronautics. He didn't come from speedboats. He didn't come from car design. You know, he was always involved in kind of low-speed aerodynamics. And through his research, his PhD research, he kind of uh, was able to, to to prove in his words that um, aerodynamics is far more important at lower speeds than we ever thought. Right. It always used to be considered the only people that really care about aerodynamics, time trialists, track, sprit, track riders, track riders yeah. you know, guys that are going at super, super high speeds and pros because mm. they ride at such a high speed. Yeah. And what he found was um, that in his studies, 50% of the resistance that you face from the air comes in at 15 kilometers an hour right which is really slow that is quite slow because when i you know i've, I've been uh i suppose in this in this industry a cycling journalist since i don't want to say because it's uh it make me sound really old i am really old but no, 2007 i guess and and that was when i suppose aero bikes were starting to be a thing um i'm right there 2007 aren't i and the the sort of the commonly what I, I suppose it was reasonably common people would say yeah you know aerodynamics doesn't really matter unless you're going at 20 22 23 24 25 miles an hour speeds that i could only dream about yeah. unless i was going downhill i suppose when i started out um so that is not actually true i mean it's obviously important at those speeds yeah, yeah. but yeah i think it, you know it becomes more important mm-hmm. but it's really important at, at speeds that you would never consider before. And, you know, they, he sort of talks about um, how um, the aerodynamics is even more important on climbs. Which, again, is really which counterintuitive. Is totally counterintuitive, yeah. but only up to a certain point, up to like, okay. I think it's a 6% gradient. The aerodynamics plays more of a part than just weight. Right. Up to six percent, over six percent, you're better off on a on a, on a super light. light bike. Yeah. So it it's almost becomes that kind of it's still almost a horses for courses thing. But if you say took um, the full distance of a of a sportive, you would weigh up how often you spend going downhill, yeah. how often you spend on the flat on the flat, and how often you spend climbing at less than six percent. You know, and when you kind of look at it at that, it's easy to sort of think, well, actually, maybe an aero bike is the because if we go back to i suppose if you go back to 2007 2008 the early or late 2000s um aero bikes traditionally we always were you know one of the criticism was because of the the molding and the way they needed to be built and and the design they actually were quite they were heavier than their equivalent um yeah yeah, non-aero considerably heavier you know considerably heavier and considerably 
stiffer. Yep. Because because you, you have to make them heavier because yeah. you're dealing with tube shapes that don't necessarily stand so, stand up to kind of torsional strength. So actually, know? I mean, how could you? How would you describe an aero? Just so people sort of get an idea. What, what, what do we mean by an aerodynamic road bike? What do brands? Do, and you, you mentioned Cervelo earlier, and they, you know, they were one of the early adopters of, of the aero. They're, they're, idea. They're, so they're, what, what do know. people? How do people and how did people make aero road bikes and how do they make them now? What's changed? But essentially, what makes a road bike aerodynamic? Uh, well, it's it's lots of... In three words. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, or a song. It's optimising all, all the elements of the bike to be able to beat the wind better than a traditional round tube would. It was, it's, a lot more, it's a lot easier to explain if we go back a few years. Right. You know, take, um, take when Specialised launched the Venge. It uh-huh. was a hugely aero-optimized bike. There were lots and lots of, you know, um, NACA or North American aeronautics. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, tube profiles, you know, these, yeah. these kind of, you know, airfoil shapes. Yeah, wing so shapes like wings. That, yeah, but... all, all of those things, all those elements into it. And then if you looked at that versus, um, say, the tarmac of the era, mm-hmm. the tarmac had, you know, some nice tube shapes, but they were more styling touches, and it was pretty much a traditional yeah. round tube, two-triangle, Design, you know, yeah, maybe a bit fatter or something. Maybe like a bit that. fatter in places and everything, but that was more structural rather than. And so, bringing in all these aerodynamic elements gave challenges to to the structural engineering of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take Cervelo for instance. I mean, they invented the aero road bike basically with right. with going back to one of their earliest products, the Soloist, mm. which then became the S, you know, the yes. S three, the S five. It all leads back to the Soloist, which was a airfoil shaped aluminium bike, which yeah. was super super fast, but it wasn't the stiffest bike out mm. there. You know, you could you could make it change direction with a shift of weight in your hips right. sort of thing. But, um, Quite hairy. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so and, the, and the things have evolved and evolved and evolved since then. The aerodynamics compromise the early bikes. Yeah, yeah. And it's been a learning curve of which, you know, to be honest, as as bike buying public have been mm. sort of the guinea pigs in, in a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but we are reaching a point now where where things are getting very, very much different. You know, going back to, to what Cannondale did um, and some of the case studies they did, um, it kind of emphasises the point. But it emphasises the point, the pros and cons in, in both systems because they took um, the lightest version of the Super 6 Evo that was then. It's not the new version, not the new yeah. version, which introduced a lot of aerodynamics. Um, but that, that previous generation Super 6 Evo that was so loved by everybody, simple round tubes, external cabling, the most expensive and lightest model in that range, they put up against the most expensive and lightest version of the System 6. Mm-hmm. And they were saying with a 75-kilo rider riding at 300 watts, which is kind of pro-level you know, power output, the System 6 would save you 30 watts of effort over the Evo. Um, take that into like a climb, you know, and they, they did this um, as a, an ascent of outerwears. With a 62 kilo rider, which was basically it was based on one of their protein guys yeah. at the time, riding at 350 watts, which is what a professional level climber specialist can put mm-hmm. out. Um, the time difference on an ascent of outdoors, that rider will be 10 seconds faster if he was on an Evo on the non aero bike, the lightweight bike. But a 75 kilo rider at 300 watts would be. 19 seconds adrift of the system six okay so we would actually go you know when you're dealing with those power to rate kind of overlaps the the bigger rider 
always getting the more benefit from the aerodynamics. So a more so because that that's a that that does sort of show the you know the idea that aero bikes are for the elite are for faster riders. Actually, it's ordinary. Depends on the type of rider, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Is I mean, I think the the emphasis is that aero benefits benefit everybody, right. not just the elite that we thought. But if you're, you know, one of those ultimate elite riders, so that you're super light but super strong, super powerful, having something lightweight, you're going to benefit from because your power to weight ratio is just going to go off the charts. Mm. Whereas if your power to weight ratio isn't quite as good, actually having those aero advantages and carrying an extra, you know, half a kilo in in mechanical mass that you've got to push, the benefits of kind of having more aero outweigh. Mm. But then if you look at, I mean, and then, you know, you take, you know, if you take something like on a descent, so if you were riding down a 5% gradient, yeah, putting out 200 watts on the System 6, um, you would be traveling at 60 kilometers an hour. I wouldn't be. Well, no, but you know what, you know. Um, you could be. On the Evo, if you're on an Evo, trying to keep up with that, that same, rider. Same wattage. And the same thing. No, mm-hmm. not same wattage, but just same gradient. Okay. That you'd have to put out 309 watts. Oh, okay. To stay in touch. Right. To stay at the same speed. So, you know, the... Aero benefits become much more marked at higher speed, mm. but they don't completely negate at the lower end of things. Right. And I think that's where, you know, going back to the original premise of aero versus lightweight, I think now it's where we're seeing this convergence of the two. Mm. So you can now have aero and lightweight. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, bizarrely, for all the fantastic research that Cannondale did into the System 6, you could argue now that the System 6 is looking a bit of an also ran right when you've right. got this well you've got this next generation of of the new lightweight bikes that have come out including mm. Cannondale's own new Evo yeah which has adopted the drop stage it's got aero profile and it's got an integrated um, fork crown that integrates into the frame set it's got the new you know one piece well semi one piece save bar with a flat front edge and things and then you look at something like Focus's new Azalco Max the Azalco Max was, was probably the European rival to the Super 6 Evo yeah. in being a super light bike they brought out a new version loads of aero on it but it's still light you know, it's still like a 900 gram frame. Like the Evo is still a super light frame. It's a little bit heavier than the previous gen, but you've got the aero benefits of it. So I think we're seeing this convergence of aerodynamics and lightweight are, are becoming one. So has the, has the day of the when we used to actually call them aero bikes, has the day of the aero bike actually sort of gone and now they're just bikes again? Is I think it's just, I think it's it's sort of evolving. You know, mm. most, most of the big bike brands out there currently have three models they have the lightweight bike they have the aero bike they have the endurance bike yeah and i can kind of see in a you know one or two generations time that that lightweight bike and the aero bike will converge and become one and that will just be the pro race bike yeah and then you'll have the endurance bike for everybody else Obviously, will we have a lightweight endurance aero bike i mean where that, there must be one of those most of the new generation of aero, of 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 endurance bikes have aerodynamic consideration mm. you know the giant defy has got a lot of aero yeah. going on with it the Canada synapse the same. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you mean by an endurance you know, bike? Actually, at, that's, uh, well, endurance bike is 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 more about fit. It's it's sort of having a uh, a, a shorter reach and yeah. a, a slightly higher stack, so you get this more relaxed position. But it can mean something like the the specialized Roubaix, where you've introduced like a suspension element to mm. it for for conquering the cobbles, and that bike really proved itself. You know, it it won Tour of Flanders. Yeah. And if you look at the specialized Roubaix, the new generation one, they did a lot of aerodynamic work on that bike. Well, they, uh, you know, specialise in their own wind tunnel. Yeah, but the new Roubaix is more aerodynamic than the original Venge. 
Mm. You're nowhere near as good as the latest Benge. Yeah. But it's the same aerodynamic as the tarmac. Yeah, it's an endurance bike. Yeah. Um, so aerodynamics has just becoming all, all more important, but it's it, whereas originally it was at the sacrifice of weight, now it's not necessarily. It's just the integration of the, the two systems yeah. together. So I do think in the, in the next few years, you'll probably see bikes like the Venge, like the Madone, like the Giant Propel, Merida Reacto, all of those pure Scott Foil, all those pure, pure aero, aero bikes yeah. will either drift into becoming just that pro-level bike or they'll they'll just be absorbed, you know. So for someone like Specialized, would you have the Tarmac and the Venge? Tarmac's probably got the bigger history, hmm. but the Venge probably has the more kudos. But I just think those bikes, those, those bikes will be one. And how do you sort of persuade, well, you don't have to persuade people, but, you know, the light, the lightweight, bike and they're you know the weight weenies i suppose the people who the the lighter stuff tends to be pretty expensive you know and people like buying expensive stuff so so you know how do you can you still justify that can you still justify just stripping weight off your bike you know putting the lightest wheels on putting the lightest forks on i think is it is it still a thing to do i think you're always going to find that because you know bike nerds love it Mm. you know uh, and and it's those sort of super specialists like your hill climbers yeah um they're they're the guys that are always looking to just strip out weight, mm. strip out weight, and everything. But from the in the pro arena, you know what's what's the point? The UCI mm. weight limit is restrictive enough already. You know you can you can easily put together a bike that that beats the UCI limit without really trying. You know, and we're now or you know we're more than a decade down the line from when brands like Cannondale were gluing weights to the top tube just to make their bike yeah. legal, or you know. Putting putting weight inside the bike, mm. like, like Trek were doing only a few seasons ago, to you know to make their Amanda the yeah. yeah, just to hit the weight limit. You're actually adding weight, and arguably reducing reducing safety mm. because you're adding an extra weight element into a bike that in a crash could do whatever or go yeah. anywhere, you know. And so, whilst the professional rules are so restrictive, lightweight becomes less and less of an issue. And I think that's right. why you've seen most of the real top riders are opting for the aero bike in their range. You know, the likes, the, all the sprinters already do, obviously, yep. because they can see those huge advantages, advantages that you can get from it. Race, but you're, yeah. you're seeing a lot of, you know, sort of tour specialists and multi-day specialists are opting for an aerodynamic option rather than a lightweight option. Right. What about the people? I mean, that, that's the other thing, isn't it? Because is it, I mean, I don't know what, what research you've seen that, the, the least aerodynamic part of a bike, and actually in my case, particularly the heaviest part of a bike, is me. Of course. Is yeah. the person. Yeah. So what? how how important is that? You know, on a, on a human, aero versus weight. Is it better to make yourself nice and aero? Is it better to wear really tight clothes even though we probably shouldn't? Or should you lose weight and actually almost not worry about the bike, buy yourself an aero bike or buy yourself a lightweight bike, but actually pay more attention to yourself? I think every time it's, it, you know, you will get the biggest gains from anything performance-wise by working on yourself rather mm. than just spending money on a bike. Unless you're spending so much money you can't afford to eat and then you're going to lose the weight anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which we wouldn't advise. Though. No, of you course know, not. Of course uh... but, but, you know, factors like lightweight and aerodynamics are, are things that really apply at that kind of high expert end of things and everything. And they're great to, yeah. to talk about and think about and everything. But still, the best thing that's going to make you faster and make you much more efficient on a bike 
is fitting the bike right. Yeah. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to be super flat-backed and super stretched out, super low and less frontal area. If you're are sitting a bit more of it, right, because that better suits you and you're getting, you know, you're getting better power transmission through it, you're going to be faster because you're more efficient. And you're more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, you enjoy you're, in, if you're in a super stretched, low slung position, but you can't hold that position for more than 10 minutes, yeah. you're going to be really slow because you're going to be in pain. Yeah. And so bike fit beats all. Mm-hmm. And But it's really good to talk about just aero and, and, and light stuff, you know, it's... Uh, it, it is, and I suppose it's. It, I suppose the question is actually, does it matter? You know, if you want to buy for for re- riders like us who are not fast, we just ride because we enjoy it. We, you know, we'll do a sportive because we want to. We might have a go at a time trial or whatever, or we just commute to work. There's nothing wrong with either buying yourself a light bike because you fancy a light bike. There's nothing wrong with buying an aero bike because it looks nice and you, you think it's pretty. So. Is the, is the question we've just asked completely pointless? And, and no, should no, you just no. buy a bike because you like a bike? Yes. Yeah, I always think you should buy something because you like it. Yeah. Um, but you do, there are tangible benefits to be found from certain purchases mm. you make. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a 1,500 quid, two grand, three grand set of aero wheels, you know, or, yeah. or the latest and greatest, lightest thing. Although you will find a benefit from that. It can be something as simple as, you know, I would say 99% of the bikes that I test under a certain price point, so you're talking less than, you know, 2K, yeah. be that dollars, be that, be that pounds, be that euros, whatever, the single biggest benefit you'll get in improving that bike will be getting really good tyres. Right. And it's a tangible thing that you can feel almost immediately. And what, what can you feel? Is it The bike's faster. Faster. It handles better. It yeah. grips better in corners. And it just feels like a much nicer experience. It's, it, you know, more comfortable. Yeah. Everything about it, you know, a cheap hard case tire feels dead you know it's like is a more expensive tire lighter is that is that what makes the bike better uh, inevitably it will be it will be lighter but that's only because the the the, the casing needs to be more supple you know to yeah. get those benefits of grip get those benefits of rolling resistance get all those benefits um but so inevitably higher end tires tend to be lighter than the cheap ones but that's not uh it, that's a commercial, mm. you know, for commercial reasons, you know, a, a, a super light tire is light because of things like it uses like a, you know, a lightweight Kevlar or Aramid bead, whereas a cheap tire will use a piece of steel. The steel's going to be heavier, mm. you know. Um, so, there, you know, there, there are these benefits that you can make to, a, you know, and improvements you can make to a bike that you can absolutely feel. So as simple as a tire, you know, going for lighter wheels feels better. Yeah. And it will it will improve your riding, but just because the bike becomes more responsive, mm. so you kind of get up to speed much quicker, and you enjoy it more, and you enjoy and it, you more, enjoy you it more, and that's, that's and so I, I have isn't it? absolutely no issue with anybody who wants to spend however much they they want on a bike. You know, I'm not one of those people that will, will sneer at somebody, you know, riding a, a ten grand Tour de mm. France bike around a park. It's like, well, good on you. You you enjoy it. You yeah. like you know you can afford it. So what would Go you on. what would you choose now? Would you go for if you, if you're going to look at if you were going to part with your own money and you had a decent you know a decent whack? Would you be aero bike? Or would you be lightweight bike? And and has that changed? Used to be lightweight, yeah, always. I mean, because that was just the you know that's the holy grail. It was the holy grail, and that's before aerodynamics had really kind mm. of evolved. Everybody just wanted a super light bike. You know, I've got in my Collection. Extensive collection at home. I've got, a, you know, I've got a, an old store Caliminium bike, which I absolutely adored and, and 
spent years and years putting it together and getting it exactly right. It's a, it's an aluminium bike from the early noughties. It's barely six kilos in a 58 centimetre. It's so ridiculously light. Mm. Uh, it's stunning, but it's hopelessly out of date now. Yeah. But, you know, I've got, you know... Um, so got, it's just sitting in your garage? It's, 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 it's got a pride of place on a wall because yeah. it, it looks beautiful, yeah. but I only ride it on, you know, special occasions and nice days. Mm-hmm. I've got, a, you know, a, a, a custom Pali mm. Zero. Again, a phenomenally light bike, super, super light. It's great to ride, but if I was going out to buy a bike today, it's probably not the bike I'd buy. Right. But of its era, of its time, it is, you know, it's, mm. it's that. So now it would be... And I'm in the thick of testing bikes for Bike of the Year, yeah. so I'm testing a lot of this kind of new generation of the bikes that are now bringing aero into lightweight and all these and these things. And it's one of those kind of new generation bikes. I think they've they've bikes are getting better than they've ever been. Yeah, and it's great that now you don't have to make the choice: do I want aerodynamics, and I'm going to pay a penalty for weight. Or lightweight, and are going to pay the penalty because it's not aerodynamic. Yeah. Now you can have your cake and eat it. You can, have, yeah. You can have fast and light and aero, and actually not that expensive. Actually, quite expensive. Actually quite expensive. Quite expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not. I don't know if we answered the question there, but I think it feels to me that we sort of came, you, or you sort of came down in, in favor of actually aeros. If we're buying a bike, the aerodynamic bikes nowadays are actually... I think aerodynamics is a real consideration. Or, or lightweight it's, aerodynamic yeah. bikes are good. I, I, I would say that aerodynamics is probably the biggest consideration to make over lightweight. Okay. But the two should never be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Sounds like a, a nice compromise to me. A nice compromise. Warren, thank you very much for that. Uh, if you enjoyed that, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a comment, uh, check out BikeRadar.com, of course, and uh, Bike Radar's YouTube channels and our magazine, Cycling Plus and, um, and Mountain Biking UK. And please listen again. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.